Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk to Vince Russo. That's right. That Vince Russo coming off the heels of Dark Side of the Ring, Brawl for All, the man behind probably the worst idea in the history of pro wrestling, Vince Russo, joins us in a very candid conversation you don't want to miss. Also, we get into AEW and NXT, especially that match between Gargano and Champa, the last match between Gargano and Champa ever, or will it be? We talk about all that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I was not interested in watching wrestling at all last night. Last night, I yesterday was just a very long day for me. I, I did a, a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> you don't realize how much stuff you can get done at home, whether it's yeah. business on the phone or just around the house. And I got, you know, I'm building another moat. So I had a lot of stuff going around, you know? <laughs> so, you know, Velvet didn't do that great of a job digging the first moat. She didn't go deep enough. She didn't go wide enough. And you know what happens when you don't go deep enough? There's always a problem if you don't go deep enough. So I had to go out there and I had to, you know, redig the moat because. She didn't go deep enough. Bully anyway, goes deep. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> bully does go deep. And I, and I had to yesterday. So there I am going deep. Dig Tires it. you out. <laughs> Tired me out. <laughs> um, so last night, you know, eight o'clock rolls wrong along. And I seriously, Dave, I sat back, you know, in the big bully chair. And I was like, ugh, I don't want to watch wrestling tonight. I really don't. I, I just wasn't in the mood for it. Like anything else, it can become overkill at times, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I turned on both shows, and I turned on AEW first. And I got, you know, I saw, you know, Kenny and Nakazawa and the best friends. And I, I was like, oh, the vibe here is really cool because they have everybody at ringside again. And Jericho's on commentary. And Jericho and Shivani did... a what a great job of just entertaining at the announce booth last night. So, you know, as much as it pains me to constantly put Jericho over, ugh, <laughs> ugh, uh, you know, Chris is, he's ultra entertaining. And I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but Chris is 49 freaking years old, right, Dave? Yep. And he is, mo- we can say he's doing the absolute best work of his career. 
Yes, I, I, I think the, these last three years of his career, I think has been the best of his career. He's entertaining. He has good matches. He has good ideas. He's a grumpy old man talking to drones. I mean, right now, whatever he does is working. It really is. And this goes back to the point I've made a ton of time on the shows, and that's age does not matter. You know who else makes that point a lot? Dreamer. He's always talking about age doesn't matter, and it doesn't, okay? It's about your ability to be a smart worker, to be an entertaining worker, to be able to get the job done across the spectrum of everything that you need to do. And Jericho does that. And last night, him and Giovanni, they were entertaining his balls out there and they kept they kept the show flowing. So I see Nakazawa and I see Kenny and I see those. I was like, all right, cool. You know, Nakazawa's got some good calves on him. Uh, <laughs> but then I, you know, I, then, then I flipped over to NXT and, and I see the ladies ladder match. And despite the fact that I did not want to watch wrestling last night, Dave, I got to tell you, both shows at the same time had me invested. The ladies on NXT had me more invested because I saw was there were five, five of them out there, ladder match. And I know in the back of my head, those NXT women, they are always out there to impress and, you know, and, and give us more than the men are giving us at times and those women busted their ass i watched the ladder match i liked it i was entertained by it i flipped back to nxt for a second so i found myself going back and forth last night but i found myself staying on the ladder match and i and i uh i enjoyed it i liked the finish um with uh eo going over but then something happened at the end of that match that kind of bothered me a little bit and then okay. I'll come back to that after I answer your question. So what's your question now? You want to know how I felt about Ciampa and Gargano, right? Yeah, I mean, because uh, that obviously I think was the big story going in. It's This has been uh, an epic feud that has gone on for a very long time. At times, we said, has been the best feud going in pro wrestling. And I think that was the case for most of the time that they've had a feud together. And what we saw last night was the final battle. Triple H made the proclamation a couple weeks ago that after last night, that's it. No more. No more physicality. That's It's over between Gargano and Champa. He put an end to it. They went to an undisclosed location in a warehouse where there was just a referee and a ring. And somebody was coming out a winner, and that was going to be it. So I think that was the big story going in to last night. And with everything that you saw, and that went on for a while. I mean, people were bitching and moaning about Edge and Orton being long. That was roughly about 45, 46 minutes last night between those two. What did you think overall of what we saw to end NXT last night? Well, I'm going to hold off on my opinion. I'm going to throw it back at you real quick. I want to know what you thought. And I want you to tell everybody what you texted me last night also. I felt watching that like I've seen it before. There was just for, for something. Now, that wait, was the blow, wait, like, go ahead, wait. Go ahead. Okay. So I can already hear everybody going, oh, Dave, you know, you're bashing NXT, you AEW, you know, boomer. Why do you feel like you saw it before? Because in a lot of ways, I just did. You know, it, it, the, every element of what we saw in that match, we just saw this past weekend at WrestleMania 36. You know, the cinematography of it, it was very similar to Undertaker and AJ Styles. But obviously, most of it was very, very similar to the last man standing match between Edge and Orton, even to the point where the, on top of the truck, they were they were that was a big element of last night's match. And that was a huge element in Edge and Orton. So even that, 
was very, very – just the, the pacing of it was very similar to Edge and Orton. So in a lot of ways, I felt like that was almost a replay of what I had saw at WrestleMania 36. Now, did the fact that you felt you saw it before take away from how you felt about the match and whether or not you were entertained by it? I was still entertained by it, but I got to be honest, it did take a little bit away because in the back of my mind, I would, I was thinking how much better would this have been if I just didn't see something similar just a few days ago. It was, and it was and, just a few days ago. And we got Gargano versus Ciampa in the performance center already a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, because and a lot of people on social media said what Edge and Orton were doing was very similar to what Gargano and Champa did at the Performance Center because, A, it was at the Performance Center, and they had that brawl that was going all through the Performance Center like what we saw at WrestleMania 36. So uh, was it entertaining? Yes. Did I ultimately like it? Yeah, I liked it. But I could not get past the fact that it really did feel like I had just seen this before. And you just mentioned it. When they were on top of the truck bully, I mean, come on. That's what we just saw between Edge and Orton in their last man standing match. Do you think Gargano and Ciampa, do you you think there's any way in hell that that match was taped before Edge and Orton? It doesn't seem likely, right? I would I would have I would have to say no. I mean, I, I w- probably if I was to think about it, I would just knowing what everything that's going on and how things were set up, I would think that they probably did tape it before, but watching the match I was like there's no way they taped this, you know, after because look at it. Look at all the same elements that we saw between Edge and Orton. Listen, it's hard to really judge it, Bully, because of everything that's going on. They're in a very, very tough spot. But I have to admit, I thought it was very similar to what we saw at WrestleMania 36. So this is the way I look at it. If Edge and Orton taped their stuff first, and then Gargano and Ciampa decided, let's go on top of the semi, I can't believe that nobody said, wait, let's not do that. Because they already went on top of the semi. And if Gargano and Ciampa taped their stuff first, I can't believe, and then I really can't believe, that Edge and Orton thought to themselves, let's go on top of the semi. But as veterans, they might have said to themselves, even though Gargano and Ciampa did it, we're going to go on top of the semi and we're going to make it mean more than they did. And when you look at it like that, Edge and Orton made that semi mean more than Ciampa and Gargano, because Ciampa and Gargano just fought on top of it, and then they came off of it. As a matter of fact, they were on top of it, then they went to a commercial break, and then all of a sudden they were off of it. Yeah, which that really bothered me, too. Um, when I they, wish... Go ahead, I'm they sorry. Were brawl, they, no, they were brawling, and then they went to commercial break, and it was like they were off the truck, and they were going back into the performance center. And, and listen, that's no fault of them. There were several commercial breaks during that match. There had to be. It was a 45-minute match, so you're going to get commercial breaks. But that that was a hindrance as well, and it kind of took away from it. But they did have the standoff on top of the truck. They did make that look meaningful because they had that great aerial shot above yeah. it where they had that like standoff, and you're like, all right, it's on. How much better would that have been if you didn't see what took place this past weekend? That would have been a badass camera shot, and you would have been like, oh, shit, it's on, but you had just seen it with Edge and Orton. Despite the fact that I know I had just seen it with Edge and Orton, and not only did I just see it, it was a blatant copy of, 
I liked the way Ciampa and Gargano was shot better. Yep. It was shot, the, the, the camera angles, the drone shot, the wide shots from really far away, kind of like looking at Tommy's ass. It's a wide shot. You know, it, the, the, the Gargano and Ciampa on the top of that semi, the use of the cameras and the unique angles gave it a better feel. With Edge and Orton, I felt like the semi was just parked in the back of the arena, and yeah, they climbed up it, and they did the best that they could with it. They did a great job with it, but I definitely liked the way it was shot last night better. And you talked about the commercial bakes. I wish that they would have, this is one of the matches that they would have said, we're showing this uninterrupted. And I'm sure they could do it because I've seen matches on like Raw or SmackDown go an hour without a commercial, right? You can work it out with the uh, with the network. That is a match that we needed to see uninterrupted because much like you, Dave, especially when they were on top of the semi and then they go to commercial. I'm like, um, how do you go to commercial right then and there? It's like people bitch and moan about you know, wrestling going to commercial in the middle of a match? How do you go to a commercial when two men are standing on top of a semi beating the crap out of one another? That's probably the worst time to take a commercial break. And then you come back from commercial break and both guys are off of it and they're walking into the walking back into the the undisclosed location and immediately you're saying to yourself, well, how the hell did they get off of there? Yeah. So these are little problems I had with it. And much like you, I felt like I was seeing a repeat of something. I felt like I was seeing the repeat of Edge and Orton from the violence and physicality and AJ and Taker from the way it was being shot. And then I got to the end and I said to myself, you know what? I'm being entirely too critical. My my critique is honest. But I got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Let me forget about AJ and Taker and let me forget about Edge and Orton for just one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me pretend I didn't see those matches. Let me give these guys the the opportunity that they deserve to, you know, win me over. And then I was like, I loved it. I really did. Because it, the physicality was great <clears throat> to, to an extent the physicality between Gargano and Ciampa was as good as, if not better, the physicality between Randy and Edge. And Randy and Edge were, you know, they were laying into each other, you know? Um, There were a lot of, I I found myself taking a lot of notes uh, on this match last night because I really wanted to talk to you about it today. They did something at WrestleMania with camera angles, and I, I, I won't make this such a broad question. I'll narrow it down to see if you caught it. They did something in the ladder match at Mania. Uh-huh. And they did something last night. Once they brawled back into the arena, there was something done with the way it was shot that kind of bothered me. Does, any, does anything ring a bell? No, what? So there was a shot at the in the ladder match at mania where somebody was on top of the ladder it might have been morrison it was it was one of the three guys and the ladder gets pushed over and you see i think one of the guys crashes and burns to the floor and you didn't see him fall to the floor correct you never saw him fall to the floor so I, i said to myself all right 
There's nobody there. They wanted to create the illusion of a monster bump. They didn't want to put anybody in jeopardy, so they quick cut away, and I'm sure whoever fell to the floor, maybe they fell on a crash pad or something. And if you listen, you hear a thump. You hear more like a crash pad at WrestleMania. I let it go. I never said a word about it because I, I was like, okay, I get it. They did what they had to do to give the illusion of a monster bump without actually having to splat on the floor because there's nobody here and we can get away with it. But then I saw it again last night and I don't want them to get into this habit because I don't like this. You, you can't be so cinematic that you're taking away the big bump and not showing not showing it to people because now I feel like I'm watching Hollywood. Now I know that Bruce Willis really isn't, you know, uh, falling off the edge of a building or Rocky Balboa really isn't getting punched in the face or any, any of my heroes really aren't taking this brutal physicality. So when they came back to the arena, when Gargano and Ciampa were on like the second turnbuckle and they did like that reverse package pile driver-esque, whatever the hell that move is called, the uh, you know, Dr. Bomb gimmick schnabitz, and he jumped off to the floor. You never got the bump. You never got the payoff. So I know that they cut away. You saw a small bump happen, but it wasn't the bump from the top of the top of the rope to the floor, because doing that move from the top rope to the floor would just be idiotic because there'd be too much room for injury. So those quick cuts away, I hope they don't get into that habit. Because now I feel like I'm watching too much of a movie. This is Luke Thomas from SiriusXM Fight Nation. Combat sports and the entire sporting landscape have been impacted as we all face a time of uncertainty in the world. We have concerns about our family, friends, and neighbors and have taken time out to focus on the important things in our lives and be safe. One thing that we can be sure of is that we'll push through this difficult time together. Whatever happens in the world of combat sports and beyond, we'll be here for you on SiriusXM Fight Nation. In the meantime, you can join us for live sports talk on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 and SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88. And Bully, I guess we could say friend of the show because he's been on with us a couple times, especially the hit show that we had with the Honeymooners against <laughs> uh, the Andy Griffith show <laughs> a few months back. We're going to have to get the odd couple involved somehow, some way down the road. Also, you can hear this guy, Russo'sBrand.com. That's right, the podcast, the brand at Russo'sBrand.com. And he is the one and only Vince Russo. Vince, how are you today? Dave, you know what is what is so incredible about what you just said? And I swear this is an absolute shoot last night trying to watch something on tv like we all are these days uh the first thing i watched was i watched some honeymooner lost episodes and bro right after that i watched the original odd couple with jack lemon and walter matthew literally hours ago (laughs) you know what great minds think alike vince yeah, what, what, yeah, the, the, the dialogue, Neil Simon, the dialogue in that movie is incredible. You know, I'll even take it a step further because, you know, obviously we're, the world is going through such a tough time right now. Every morning before I go on the air with Bully, I watch an episode of The Odd Couple. So while I'm eating my breakfast, getting ready for the show, I watch an episode of The Original Odd Couple. It gets me in a good mood. Yeah, I, I, 
I have every episode on on DVD, and I frequent them uh, uh, at, at least monthly. That's awesome. All right, so let's get into it because I'm sure a lot of pro- a lot of people have probably hit you up. Uh, social media was a buzz. Uh, on Tuesday night, dark side of the ring, brawl for all. I mean, first of all, what did you what did you think of the show Tuesday night? Because obviously, you were featured a lot because the story revolves around you. Uh, man, I, I I don't know. You know, Dave. I, you know, like I I I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, after the show, and then after doing the after show. Um, I just I just feel there are so many just so many misrepresentations of that entire incident. I, I think there is such a level of misunderstanding to kind of, you know, the writing process and, you know, the involvement of the writers compared to talent relations and television production. You know, I, I, I walk away from that and it's like, you know what, bro, if everybody wants to put the heat on Vince Russo, because Vince Russo is responsible for everything that they didn't like in the wrestling business, that's all, that's all fine and well, um, you know, bro, but it's, it's just kind of, uh, you know, bro, it's disappointing to me when, you know, it just, you know, really truth and honesty and like what really happened just really doesn't come out a lot of the times. Vince, you know, I'm not a big fan of the word polarizing, uh, but when it comes to Vince Russo, I guess the word polarizing is an appropriate term. Um, As Dave said, when you came on, you are a friend of the show. I've known you for a long time. Um, I'm one of the people that defend you when you deserve to be defended. And I'm one of the people that will, you know, be the first one to be in your face and go against you when it's time to go against you. So I kind of take everything how it's given to me at any particular moment in time with it's so easy to jump on the bandwagon of negativity when it comes to yourself. I want to know what you think last night's dark side of the ring did for Vince Russo's perception within the wrestling world. Man, Bubba, that's, that's, that's a great question. You know, Bubba, you, you talk about polarizing. And, and this this is what I find. And listen, man, you you and I come from the same neck of the woods. And you know, bro, when I, when I was in the business and when I worked with you, you know, bro, listen, I, I think you'd be the first one to say, bro, a lot of people loved you and a lot of people didn't like you. And I always loved you, and I knew the didn't like part bro came from bro Bubba this guy is as honest as you can get this this guy bro there's no agenda there's no politics there's no shit behind your back this guy's going to tell you and and I think that goes for a lot of us east coast guys bro I, I I really believe it does 
And listen, man, in wrestling, bro, you're working with a lot of con men. You're working with a lot of politicians. You're working with a lot of carny guys. And, bro, they don't like the truth. And I, I think there are a lot of people in, in wrestling that can't deal with the truth. And it, it, I, I don't know how I came across Bubba, but I do know this, and I hope this is what people took away. Bro, I told the truth, and, 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 and I always tell the truth. My frustration always comes when people don't want to believe the truth. When, when their mind is made up and whether it's an agenda, whether it's they want to get their story across, whatever it is, my frustration is when I sit there, I give you facts, I tell you the truth, this is what happened, and you're not listening because you've already got your mind made up. So if anything, bro, I don't know how I came across. I just hope I came across as truthful. Well, let me ask you this. You sat back and you must have watched the documentary. Be introspective. How do you think you came across? If somebody went into this show thinking, I'm not a Vince Russo fan, do you think they came out going, well, hey, Vince Russo was just doing their job? Or, if you, or did you come out of this going, wow, I can't believe Vince Russo put these guys in this kind of a precarious situation? You know, Bubba, it's you know, man, you're you're asking some great questions, and I'm not, bro. I'm not avoiding the questions. I'm really trying to think about them as you ask them to me, Bubba. I'll be honest with you, because of the history of the last twenty years, I feel like I don't have a chance. You know, I I feel like you know, bro. It's it's me against the wrestling business. And, you know, bro, I, I can sit there and I can tell my truth and I could take responsibility for what I did. I, I can I can say where I thought I made mistakes. But, you know, again, bro, you, you, you have personalities like Jim Cornette, um, you know, and, and you have people that are just going to say whatever they have to say to paint a picture of you. And, bro, I can't sit here and argue with these people because I would be doing it for the rest of my life. So, you know, Bubba, unfortunately, I come out of those things like, bro, it's, it's you against the world. And there's, there's a lot more on that side than you sitting alone trying to do your own podcast and minding your own business. Bro, that, that's how I feel. And and I would think that uh, preconceived notions are almost impossible to change. Like if somebody has a perception of you, whether they live through the time that you were a part of it or just hearing it through social media or through podcasts, like it really it does feel like preconceived notions are impossible to change. I don't think there's really anything you could do that are going to change people's minds. Do you feel that way? Oh, you know, Dave, that, that's exactly it. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm doing this episode and, like, you know, I, I, I'm just running through my head. Like, why, why would anybody think after 21 years 
I would sit here and lie about this incident in, in the midst of what the world is going through, in the midst of the, the more important things in the world, in the midst of I don't want a job in the wrestling business. I am done with it. The, I, I, just, I try to think of like, okay, what, what could my motivation be to possibly not tell the truth? And, and, and that's the part of me that, you know, bro, it's, I, I, at times, Dave, I, I feel helpless. And, you know, I go into these things and I'm like, you know what, bro, no, no matter what I say, their minds are already made up. So, you know, I, I, I'm a liar. All the bad ideas came from Vince Russo. All the good ideas came from Vince McMahon. Bro, I, I've heard it for 20 years. Bro, he, here's, a, here's a perfect case in point, Dave. I'm not going to call Jim Cornette a liar, but his story about confronting me after Dr. Death got knocked out, bro, I don't remember one second of that conversation. I don't remember Cornette approaching me. I don't remember Cornette saying the things he claimed to say. So, like, I'm the kind of person that I'll say, okay, you know what? I I'm not quick to call anybody a liar. So maybe I forgot. You know, maybe that actually did happen and I forgot. Because the bottom line is, if I sit here and say, you know what, Jim, with all due respect, I don't remember that at all. What, what am I doing, Dave? I'm turning that into World War III. So, mm -hmm. you know, Cornette tells this story. I, I, I didn't say anything about that on the show because I'm not going to waste the next three weeks arguing with Jim Cornette about whether or not he said that to me after Dr. Death lost that match. I do not remember one single word of that, co that conversation ever taking place. You know, it's interesting because you get what you're saying is one side of the spectrum and what he's saying is the completely other side of the spectrum. And when it comes to Vince Russo and Jim Cornette, it seems like that's where we are. You go very far left. He goes very far right. And you don't exactly know where the truth lies, but no, no, conversation but with no, you. But, but let me, but let me, let me just say one thing, Bubba, and I'm so sure, sorry sure, to interrupt sure. you, but I got to say one no, thing. Go ahead. Bubba, that, that's, that's false. That is absolutely false. Because anybody that has literally an open mind, they're going to see right through this. Who should, who should Jim Cornette be cutting the promo on about this being the worst idea in the history of wrestling and holding me responsible for guys getting hurt and what happened to Dr. Death? The, the reality of the situation is, Bubba, I am a writer. My job when I was in that spot was to go to Vince McMahon's house. Bro, Bubba, Vince never had any ideas. That's what he paid me for. So I would have to sit there and rapid fire idea after idea after idea. That's where I learned to get like Vic, Vic skin with my ideas. Because, bro, I would go through a card catalog 
every writing session. And Vince, Vince, you know, Vince, I, I, you know, I would really try to push what I really wanted, but I would rapid fire ideas. Brawl for All was one of the ideas on the list. It wasn't important to the show. It was like a sideshow. It had nothing to do with McMahon, Austin, Rock, Austin. It had nothing to do with any of that. So whether Vince McMahon liked the idea or not was going to have zero bearing on me. It was an idea that I pitched to Vince. Bro, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon chose to do it. It's Vince McMahon's show. My job is to give him ideas. I did my job. Vince took the brawl for all and decided to do it on the show. Why is Cornette cutting a promo on me and not Vince McMahon? Well, it's twofold. Let me give you my, let me give you my opinion. It's twofold. Number one, he doesn't have the balls to cut a promo on Vince McMahon. And number two, he wants to further his agenda with Vince Russo. Anybody looking at this rationally can clearly see that. Okay, Vince. I'm going to try to give you an answer because this is what I was able to decipher in watching the dark side of the ring. Jim Cornette being mad at you wasn't because it seemed like you came up with a bad creative idea like um, and I'm just joking with you when I say this like something on a pole match you know Um, it's just not a, a bad creative idea that falls into the realm of pro wrestling and sports entertainment it seems like this idea was born out of spite and the spite for JBL, which was very real, led to some very real repercussions for a lot of the wrestlers. So when I sit back and I hear you say, well, it's my job to pitch a million and one jobs to Vince McMahon, uh, pitch a million and one ideas to Vince McMahon, I totally agree with you. And your booking is very ratings focused. Let's put as much content and as much of a car crash in one you know moment as we can because we're always worried you know trying to get a rating especially back then but this idea it seems like it was born out of the wrong emotion in trying to get back at bradshaw this dominoed into a lot of really bad things happening for men personally and nobody really got over so if I okay. was answering for Jim for for Jim Cornette, which I am not answering for Jim Cornette, I could I could see how that's where the perception came from. Okay, Bubba, a couple of things. Spite, Bubba, is so the wrong word. When JBL said that in my presence, bro, I laughed because immediately I'm thinking of all the guys in the locker room, and I'm like. No, no, you couldn't, bro. You couldn't. You know, you're standing here telling me you could, you could take everybody in that locker room. Bro, I, my first instinct was to laugh. I was like, no, bro, you, you couldn't. There, there's some tough guys in that locker room. There was zero spite involved. So then, bro, I, I, I brought that concept to Vince. 
and I presented it that way. You know what, Vince? JBL told me in a conversation, if this shit were real, that he would be able to beat everybody up in the locker room. So, Vince, what if? That's how it was presented, Bubba. That's it. Now, two other things I want to address with you. I don't want to lose my train of thought. Bubba, the injuries, okay, I am telling you, I don't know conversations that took place that I was not privy to. I can tell you the creative team of myself and Ed Ferrara, nobody, nobody prior to this, not one single person brought up the risk of injury. Not one, bro. Now, there could have been conversations between Ross and Vince and Vince and Pritchard. I don't know. I am just talking about my behalf. Not one person said, hey, Vince, have you ever thought that people could get hurt in this? Because, Bubba, if you want to know the truth, I didn't. I didn't, bro. I wasn't thinking in in, in a three-round contest that, you know, pro athletes, you know, top-notch blue chip, uh, you know, athletes would be getting hurt at, at the rate that they did. I, 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 I was not thinking that, bro. I'm admitting to that. But I'm also telling you, nobody said that to us. Not one person. And, Bubba, here's the part, again, that I think is the big difference between being a writer, which I am, and being a wrestler, which I'm not. Bro, when you say nobody got over, Bubba, I'm writing television. Okay, that's my job. I'm a TV writer. In my opinion, bro, the TV got over. It was compelling television. It was good television. You saw the business UFC did after that. Bro, non-wrestling fans were interested in real fights. And the brawl floor, bro, at the beginning, it was a fart in church because people thought it was a work. As guys started getting knocked out, people were like, wait a minute, bro, this is a shoot. More and more people were getting into it. And the ratings were increasing week by week by week. So, so when a Jim Ross, who I respect more than anybody, said nobody got over because he's looking at wrestling and the wrestling aspect, Jim, TV got over. The WWE got over. The brand got over. That's who got over. Bro, when, when you're writing 104 shows a year and 12 pay-per-views, and then you, you present this concept, and maybe non-wrestling fans are tuning in because, man, guys, this is a real fight. This, this is like boxing. Bro, that's what gets over. So, you know, again, Bubba, I respect everything there you just said, but it kind of depends on where you're sitting at and how you're looking at this. But, Vince, you said I mean, that to, Spike... To this Vince, day, Vince, this, Vince, Vince, time ben, out, time ben, out, ben, time out. Ben, ben, you, ben. Said that you, spe- you said that spite was the wrong word, but you on yourself on the documentary, and I, I don't know the exact 
word you used, but you said that you basically wanted to stick it to JBL. You were looking to get back at JPL. You were looking to put JBL in a situation where he would get his comeuppance because he was such a bully. So there's no way that the perception wasn't that you were not trying to get back at JBL. And as far as the rating... and as far as the rating let, let, is let, concerned, let me address, bubble, bubble, as bubble, far let me as that. Let, let, Vince, I just want to just I want to Vince, that first. And then I'll, this is not I'll the brand. Hold on. I know, but but you you said Vince, something. Can I address I just what let you, you just go said? on a five minute diatribe. Shut the fuck up. You talked about the rating, and you say you know how the ratings were better. Yes, maybe the rating was better for that night and the show got over for that night, but it could have been attributed to Austin or some of the other stars. Did we did we sacrifice so many guys for one night worth of a rating? And because none of these guys did get over. I agree with you that maybe for one night you spiked a rating for that night, but in the long term, none of these guys that were in the brawl for all really worked out until like JBL became a different character, went on to other things. So I'm not sure if you, you know, spite is the wrong word. And if the short term rating really benefited these gentlemen in the long run. I could I could talk now. <laughs> Don't turn it into a pissing contest. I'm trying to really have some okay, good but, back but, and but, forth but, here with okay, you. Uh, okay, but yeah, but you see, uh, as as a shoot, Bubba, I like to address one thing at a time because I forget as I get older. So that that's all. I just wanted to address okay. one thing when you said it. When you say I wanted to get back at get, get back at him for what? He 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 didn't do anything to me. What, why am I getting back at it? Now, did, did, did I want, was it JBL, put your money where your mouth is? Yes. Yes. Put your money where your mouth is. You just said you could beat everybody up in the locker room. Put your money where your mouth is. But the, to getting back at him for what? He, he didn't do anything to me. He made a comment, and I was like, okay, bro, put your money where your mouth is. Yes. Absolutely 100%. When you talk about the ratings, we're not talking about one night, week after week after week, for how many weeks it was, I don't remember. But week after week, the ratings for those segments were going up. The interest was peaking week after week after week. So it wasn't one night of rating because, bro, if that wasn't drawing, Vince would have pulled the plug on it. It was drawing, and that's why we played it out to the end. And, and again, bro, did I foresee the injuries? I don't think anybody did, Bubba. And if, if some people did, the Cornets of the world, the Jim Rosses of the world, not one of them said anything before the fact. Because perhaps it would have made us look at it differently. Well, Bully mentioned the brand. Uh, Vince Russo is the host of the brand, Russo'sBrand.com. Uh, earlier, you mentioned Steve Dr. Death Williams. As a fan watching it, I thought this was a vehicle for Steve Dr. Death Williams to win and to face Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was that the goal for Brawl for All? That, that is the biggest and greatest misnomer. Absolutely not. 
that that must have for, for for that to take it on the life that it's taken on, you know, lo- looking at the players and the situation, in my opinion, that had to come from Jim Ross. Dave, in the creative meeting, we didn't even know who was going to be in the ball for all. We didn't even know. We didn't know who was going to be in it. We didn't know what the matchups were going to be. And we certainly, how could we know who's going to win this thing when we don't even know who's in it? From, from the creative, where it started, me, Ed, and Vince, that was never discussed one single time. Nobody creatively said, oh, the winner of this is going to be in a program with Austin. The winner of this is going to get a title shot with Austin. And if you go back and you look at the documentary, even, you know, Bart says, well, Kevin Kelly told me this is a good idea. You'll get a program with Austin. Kevin Kelly was not on the creative team. Kevin Kelly had nothing to do with creative. So that, that was never, ever the idea from, from a creative standpoint. Never even discussed. Did once that you got the names together and you knew who were going to be in the tournament, was it just like from backstage? Was it just like whoever wins wins or was there some kind of plan at all? Did you have a plan for a program? Was it a plan for a a main event push? Was it a plan for a WrestleMania match down the road? Was there any plan once Brawl for All was over? Zero. Zero. Now we knew, we knew as a, as a writer, bro, like I know, okay, whoever wins this, we're going to have to transition back to wrestling and do something with that person. Like whoever it is, we're going to have to do something with that person. That was the extent of it, who it was, what the, what the creative was going to be. None of that was discussed because we had no idea what the outcome was going to be. Wow. You know, Vince, I know that, you know, the power of television, we can tell any stories we want, we can paint any pictures we want, and we can make people believe anything that we want if the story is told correctly. So I was trying to watch Dark Side of the Ring last night very carefully, and I was trying to listen even more intently. Um I came away from this episode feeling really bad for Bart Gunn. Like, I could not believe how bad I felt for the guy, especially in the scene in the kitchen where he was looking down at some kind of piece of paper. And the way he kind of, the way he dropped it, it almost looked like there was so much disappointment within himself and and I, I i he's just an acquaintance he's a hello and goodbye guy within the business with me who i always thought was very cordial and very nice and i'm like wow this guy seemed like he was dealt the 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 most difficult hand after watching the episode, whether whether you were involved with the situation in 97 or whether it was watching the episode last night did you come away with any remorse towards Bart Gunn or anybody else that this affected? Bubba, see, here's the thing. This this is how people pick and choose the things Vince Russo says. Oh, he he says the truth over here, but, but he doesn't say the truth over here. Bubba, 
I failed Bart Gunn. Vince Russo, head writer, 1,500%. I failed Bart Gunn. And I'll tell you why I failed. Vince McMahon didn't fail Bart Gunn. WWE didn't fail Bart Gunn. Vince Russo did. And I'll tell you why, Bubba. Bubba, you have to understand, before the brawl for all, Bart Gunn was a character on the show. You know, Bubba, it's 50% in ring. It's 50% out of ring. Bart Gunn did not have that 50% out of the ring. He, you know, he, he wasn't a promo guy. That wasn't his strong suit. Hell of a worker, good worker. But what was stalling Bart was the promo, okay? So now, Bubba, this guy wins this brawl for all in a fashion that if I didn't see it with my own eyes, I would have never believed it. It was so freaking impressive that, Bubba, you know how this works in wrestling, and I think this is the problem that they have now. When I'm writing for a character, week to week to week to week, that trajectory has to go upwards, upwards. You got to keep getting that character over to higher heights, new, you know, new lengths. You can't bring him down. And that, that's my job. When Austin's hot, we got to keep him hot. He's got to get hotter. He can't start sliding down. So now as a writer, I am faced with this guy that knocked out some of the toughest men in professional sports. So now when I'm looking at the, the, the wrestling part, the wrestling aspect, it's like t- there are two things I'm dealing with. How do I book Bart that's going to keep him at that level opposed to watering him down, number one, and number two, all right, bro, if you put him now in the company of, a, of an Austin or the company of a Rock, if you put him up there, bro, he's, he's the same guy that can't cut a promo. So promo-wise, he's not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with these guys, and they're going to bury him in that aspect of the game. So I was stuck with, I, I don't want to bring this guy down. He, he still has trouble with promos. What do we do with him? Bro, that's my failure. That, that's my failure as a writer. And I, I take 5,000% responsibility for that. I failed him creatively after that because I didn't know where to go from there because he was so freaking impressive. You know what? Hearing you, Vince, right now is this didn't come across on Dark Side of the Ring Tuesday night. Like, Dark Side of the Ring, it, it, it seemed like, A, you really didn't care about the, the circumstances that happened coming out of this tournament. And number two, the perception and the way they laid that out. And I'm not faulting, you know, the guys from Dark Side of the Ring. They do a tremendous job. and They've been guests on this show. But it seemed like you just didn't give a shit about pro wrestling to begin with. Like, that was the perception coming out of that show. Did you feel the same way? And what are your thoughts on it? Like, I know that you get a lot of hate. But did you feel that same thing after you watched that documentary Tuesday night? 
Well, I'm, I, I'm sure, Dave, that came across loud and clear, you know, through Cornette's diatribe. Meanwhile, bro, I've been watching freaking Bruno San Martino since I'm 10 years old. And, and anybody that knows me knows that. And anybody that knows me knows that I could walk them through professional wrestling from 1970 uh, until today. Um, listen, Dave, I'll, I'm going to try to put it in this perspective to make people understand. The, uh, again, people getting hurt. Did, I, did, did that ever cross my mind? No. Um, if somebody would have smartened me up about that, would it have crossed my mind? Yes. I don't think anybody thought that the guys were going to get hurt the way they did because, bro, these are professional athletes. They do train every day. Bro, these were three short rounds. This isn't a 12, 15-round fight. So I really don't believe anybody thought that. Bro, you know, Dave, I look at celebrity boxing. Bro, I remember China versus Joey Buttafuoco. Bro, nobody came out of that celebrity boxing like hurt. Like, so that, that's not what I, was, what I was thinking about. And I'm going to tell you, Dave, Dave, under those circumstances, bro, I'm, not say, I'm still not saying this was a bad idea. I, I'm still not saying I would not do this again. Dave, there's one reason and one reason only why today I would never in a million years pitch that. And the reason why I would not pitch that today is, is not because guys got hurt, because nobody saw that as an issue. I wouldn't book it today because of what we know about head trauma and concussions and CTE and what getting punched in the face and the head means. Knowing that today, I would no way in hell ever book that again. But at that time, I don't regret booking that. I, I, I don't look at that as the worst idea in professional wrestling. Yeah, bro, guys got hurt. And I, I feel bad that guys got hurt, but nobody was looking at it that way beforehand. Nobody. Well, Vince, I always appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for, like you said, the honesty. Um, I think people who heard this interview will look at this a little bit differently than they did after watching Dark Side of the Ring. And again, you can hear Vince Russo on his podcast, The Brand, Russo'sBrand.com. Again, that's The Brand at Russo'sBrand.com. Vince, thank you so much for the time. Dude, I, I, I'll admit it on you. I like you. I think I think you're I think you're a hell of a good guy. You've always been good to this show. Um, and hearing you say like, "Hey, I've been watching Bruno San Martino since I was ten years old." I don't think people have that perception of you. I think people think of you as, "Hey, you came in, you started the Jerry Springer show on on pro wrestling, and then you were out." And I, I think that can't be the furthest thing from the truth. Well, I I, uh, I appreciate that, Dave. You know, I mean. You know, bro, again, we're talking about stuff 20 years ago. And, and, and the fact that I have to sit here and defend, defend decisions or ideas from a wrestling show 20 years ago, it's just beyond my 
it's utter ridiculousness and it goes on and on and on and it never stops and the reality of it is bro there are a lot more important things going on in the world right now yeah but vince i, I you know i just want to say this just like you said earlier in the interview that Vince McMahon had the final say, and he could have said, no, I don't want to do the Brawl for All, and it would have died right there. You could have also said no to Dark Side of the Ring and wouldn't have to be, quote, unquote, defending yourself. So when they make that phone call to you and say, hey, do you want to be on Dark Side of the Ring? You know what's going to be on the tail end of that. So you went down that road, and we're not pointing any fingers at you. We're having a pleasant discussion with you. Um, right. So you're defending yourself well, because you put yourself in a position to defend yourself. I understand that, Bubba, but bro, God honest truth, you think I would have done that show if I wasn't paid well? Honestly, you oh, think oh, I would have oh, done Vince, that? If, if, Vince, you if, you turn around, if, I'm, I'm, Vince, I'm if you just, turn around I'm and just, say just, it was a hell of a payday, I totally get it. If you turn yeah. around and say, Bubba, right. you know what? I don't want to have to defend myself, but they right. plopped a nice chunk of change down. Yeah. And that's why I did it. That's what I'm telling you. Oh. <laughs> that's what I'm okay. telling you. I get bro, it. You think, yeah, then bro, I get it. Okay. I, I, Bubba, I swear to God, honestly, guys, for as much, you know, here's a cheap plug. For as much as I need to promote Russo'sBrand.com, bro, I wouldn't have done that show for free, e even if it meant promoting my brand and I could be on TV. I would not have done that show for free, bro. I did it because they paid me. This was a couple of years ago, bro, where I needed the money a little bit more than I need it now. Thank God. So, bro, it was a good payday. I just want to say one more thing, guys, and, and then I'll let go. I don't want to drag it on. But when, when I talk about the injury thing, you know, again, bro, it's like you have to look at Vince McMahon. This is his company. These are wrestlers on his roster. Bro, I don't think Vince would have done it if he thought that wrestlers on his roster were going to get hurt and be out of commission for a certain period of time. I don't think Vince would have done that if Vince would have foreseen the injuries. All right, Vince, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the brand, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks a lot, Bubba. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. When it comes to scents, you should pick ones that smell like, well, you. Target gets it, which is why they offer a range of personal care products with fragrances for everyone. Be true to floral you with Dove Peony and Rose Body Wash. Live your fresh life with Degree Ultra Clear Deodorant. Express your decadent side with Love Beauty and Planet Coconut Shampoo. This spring, choose care that brings you joy beyond labels. Pick up new favorites at a Target near you or online at Target.com.